She is a professor of politics at the University of Virginia, a former speechwriter for George Herbert Walker Bush. And she joins us this morning. Our political analyst, Mary Kay Carey, is with us. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got we, we once again, we go rapid fire because there's just yeah a lot going on. So um, I guess one of the ways that one of the areas to start, we have the South Carolina primary that is approaching tomorrow. And uh, the president, the former president is polling, I believe, and you would know better than me. Is it 30 points ahead of? Yeah, give or take. All right. So 30 point advantage in in terms of the polling in Nikki Haley's home state. But she has vowed that she will stay in the race in her words to the last vote is uh, is cast. And you and I were just talking about this and I'm really fascinated by it. Is this the polling indicative of where the the entirety of the Republican Party is? There are so many factions who are anti-Trump, who are concerned. And then there is this strident group that is so, you know, vehemently behind the former president. Just do we have a clear picture when we look at the polling of what's going on in your opinion? Um, well, South Carolina is a little different. Uh, let's start with that, I guess. Um, the the numbers right now, he's got basically a two to one lead on her in South Carolina. Um, and last week it was uh, 33 points he was up by. This week he's only up by 25 so it's still a huge margin, but it's it's an eight point drop in one week on the real clear politics average. Um, so she is making some headway. the The problem is a hundred thousand votes have already been cast, mm. and ten percent of the voters in South Carolina uh, are new to the state and were not there when she was governor. And so, so that's not helping things. That's diluting her her base of loyal supporters. Now she does have a very a loyal group of people who who support her. She's also got money to stay in till the bitter end. Um, she's got the anti-Trump media is on her side, and at any minute his legal uh, troubles could bring him down. As we all know, uh, he by the, he 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 is spending a tremendous amount of campaign money on legal fees mm. and not on advertising. Uh, Biden is spending his money on ads in swing states so so far he spent 20 million in ads in swing states and he's actually getting worse in the swing states so it's not working so both of them are spending money on things that are not helping their campaigns the isn't ne- that crazy it is and the, and you've you've educated me on this the negatives are high on both of them oh right? yeah oh yeah there's still a, a 70% of the american people do not want either one of these candidates uh and, and the words that i see more and more being used to describe that 70% is politically homeless I think a lot of people feel that. Everybody I know feels that way. Why do you think? Do you does does the, on the Republican side of the ledger, the the polling in favor of Mr. Trump is it more about what they want or believe in in terms of his ability to do the job, or their frustration with the incumbent president? Um, I think it's it's a bit of both. The um, article that I I was reading this morning, I'd highly recommend it to our our listeners. There's a it's on Real Clear Politics. Uh, John Halpin's his name. And he's writing on a Substack uh, spot called Liberal Patriot, which is not a bunch of conservatives. And so I read them a lot because I always want to see what the other side's up to. Mm-hmm. And uh, his argument is that a strident minority does not make a majority. And that both sides, both parties are operating under these same delusions that an ideological minority uh, constitutes a winning majority, which it doesn't. And second, that one party rule in these localities, mostly because of gerrymandering, um, they 
mistake that for a national consensus. Mm-hmm. In hardcore red states, hardcore blue states, they think, ev- therefore, everybody feels the same way we do. And that is not the case. And the strident majority m- minority on the left is in favor of things that most of the Democratic Party is not in favor of. Mm-hmm. For example, open borders, defunding the police, decriminalizing laws, extreme uh, policies on climate change, uh, anti-Israel, things like that. On the right, the same strident minority is in favor of mass deportations, a national abortion ban, 10% tariffs on all uh, imports, Mm -hmm. uh, exiting NATO, stuff like that. And so what that is doing is um, on the right, the Trump crowd uh, is really only diehard ideologues on the right and those in states with no opposition like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's not purple areas. And those are the people who think these are mainstream policies. And And that's the disconnect. And so you've got the fringes are driving the policies that they think the 50% in the middle support. And it should be the 50% in the middle who should be driving the policies and the fringes have to agree to it, which is what happened in the past. But this is new. To have the fringes driving the policy is a new thing in American politics. Mary Kay Carey is a professor of politics at the University of Virginia. That's fascinating, Mary Kay, because- It's a really good article. Are we at a place that we really don't know where the country is? Because we're getting all the rhetoric out about polling in primaries, which is a much lower turnout than a general election right. typically. Right. So we could be in a situation where anything could happen in November and we don't know right. at, the, at this at this moment. Interesting. And, and part of the problem, too, Jay, is the fact that, that Trump and Biden may never debate each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Trump didn't uh, agree to any debates through the Republican primaries. Biden didn't have to. And so that is adding to this uh, uh, abyss on the policy side. And it's all being driven by personality Mm. because there's been no policy debates. Interesting. All right. So from there, there's a couple of things. The the, uh, President Biden, uh, it's it's being talked about potentially issuing an executive order in regard to immigration. What which would be and it's it's being reported by CBS and other outlets that it would be similar to a Trump policy. Correct. What? What would be the implications of doing something that the former administration did in regard to immigration do politically with the current president? So uh, that's correct. New York Times is reporting that the uh, no final decisions yet, but this would be um, a executive order on Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act. That is the exact same piece of the law that Trump used when he signed the executive order uh, on immigration and that Biden overturned on day one of the Biden administration. So the irony is rich that, that Biden this would be would a reversal back. of it policy. Uh huh. And so he would go, uh, this was also the same legislation, same piece of legislation that the Senate just killed. So this is what it would do is it would restrict immigrants ability to claim asylum if they crossed illegally into the United States. And, and part of the, you know, contingency there is that if the crossings exceed 5,000 a day, which they do, then the border will close. And so that is a huge swing for Biden uh, to suddenly come around to basically the Trump position on this. Um, But it's because Pew is, I I think it's because of this, Pew is reporting uh, eight in 10 Americans believe government is doing a somewhat or very bad job on the border. And this is driving Biden's high negatives. And so I think he saw the writing on the wall and he couldn't get it through Congress, so he's doing it by executive order. He's, he just did the same thing on student loans. Uh, couldn't get that through the Supreme Court, so he's just doing it by executive order. Mm, that Pew research seems to be more indicative 
of where the country is. Yes. Republicans and Democrats are both, and they had the proposal, you know, that, that Senator Tim Kaine was very upset about. We talked right. about we this. We talked about this. But but the majority of Americans do not, that it, that it just go to the grocery store, you talk to people. While we are a very empathetic country, a compassionate country, you when you talk to the average Americans about, about inflation and about the burdens on our, our healthcare system and different things, they want structure at the border. Now, it could vary based on their opinion. Right, right. But the majority of them want something there to be enforced. And uh, this is really fascinating. So, well, yeah, I mean, what we used to say in the old days in Republican politics before all this happened mm-hmm. is that the United States has the most generous immigration system in the world for legal immigration. And mm-hmm. most Americans support that. We're a nation of immigrants. Uh, most Americans are not anti-immigrant. They're anti-illegal immigrant because it's mm. it's fair to wait in line. And uh, to cross over the border is unfair. And now we're seeing how dangerous it is. Mary All Kay- these people. Yep. Mary Kay Carey is with us, professor of politics at the University of Virginia. We got to give you your own show. I mean, good grief. Oh, All right. fun. <laughs> we could have some fun, Jay. We could All right, have some so fun. All right. So final topic matter before we run out of time. This bizarre situation in Farmville with Congressman Good, yes. who is as candidly a, a supporter of the former president as you're going to find. He supported him uh, ardently until the primary season when he endorsed Governor DeSantis. And there was division within the party. But then he, of course, said once DeSantis was out, he supports the former president. Well, he runs into a situation in Farmville where the strident supporters of the former president will not accept him. That's our word for the day. Strident. Strident. <laughs> strident. Yes. Yes. They uh, they opened a what they were calling a MAGA community center, which was basically a Trump store where you could buy Trump hats and Trump T-shirts and such. And on their opening day, apparently they invited Bob Good's opponent in the primary, State Senator John McGuire. McGuire, yeah. And McGuire showed up, and but so did... Bob, Bob Good, Good. And, uh, and and Good said he was going to come and go before and after uh, McGuire, but the owner did not like that and called the police on him. What's interesting about this, John McGuire and Bob Good, there are no differences in policy. That mm-hmm. they, 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 agree, they line up almost 100% on policy. It's the, the argument in the race to primary Bob Good is you're not enough of a supporter of the former president, yeah. which is f- just fascinating. Yeah. Based on previous, he's statements. head of the Freedom Caucus, right? Like, yes, like his previous he is positions. No squish. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, all right. So, final thing I want to ask you about, and I just had a uh, a good friend of mine remind me of this, and I appreciate it. What about RFK? You know, we're talking about Nikki Haley. Will you know she could be an independent if she doesn't get the Republican nomination? You know, all the uncertainty there. Where is he? You know, in terms of this whole conversation, and how disruptive can he be? To either candidate, because some of his policies are going to be lean more libertarian. So he's a he's not a Democrat anymore. His family's right. very upset with him. Yeah. Did you see the Super Bowl ad? Uh, I, I heard about it. I didn't see it. Yeah. He had to, he he had apologized, to apologize to his family. To his own family. So he's a Kennedy that has gone. I thought it was a good ad. He's gone rogue <laughs> as opposed to, you know, in conventional circles. But how seriously should the former president and the current president take RFK? Uh, I my advice would be to take him seriously. Uh, the The mainstream media seems to be ignoring him because they've got their own agendas. Uh, that like we've been saying for months, nobody wants uh, the nominee on the Republican side to be Trump more than the mainstream media, and so they are ignoring Kennedy. Uh, the The Kennedy is it, uh, you don't see him in the polling. Mm-hmm. The the RCP polling, the stuff we all monitor, it's always Biden Trump. 
if they never mention RFK. I think he's below the radar, and I would be very concerned if I were them. Always good to have you. Great Thanks to be for here. your time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We'll archive it at WINA.com. She's Mary Kate Carey, professor of politics at the University of Virginia.